forever. Girl, you know it's true. My love. Whatever happened to Millie Vanilli? Do you know that I actually saw, so that, you know, that when the concert skipped or when they had their big famous thing? Yeah. That was the MTV summer tour. Oh, yeah. yeah I yeah. went there in 1989. They played at Summerfest, uh-huh. that same tour. Okay. I remember Millie Vanilli. I remember Paula Abdul. And I remember going, Beth, what the fuck are you here for? You like the cure. <laughs> I had no business being at that concert. You needed to be way back at, <laughs> at that somebody's outdoor yeah, rig or something, and not, like, not at the main stage. And it was like all these, like, Beth, you're not a main stage kind no, of gal. No, I mean, but also I'm not like pop. I wasn't pop. Like, no. It was like Paula Abdul did her one song, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. Millie Vanilli did their two songs. They mm-hmm. were all out for, mm-hmm. I don't remember we anybody else. We go together because opposites attract. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of hers. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the clubhouse. I'm Beth. And I'm Kirsten. And this is the Made for TV Movie Club podcast. Woohoo! Welcome to our new, new listeners <laughs> in Alaska and Israel. That's so exciting. Yay. We are grateful to Yay. all of our listeners and we want to thank everyone thank you. for listening. Hey, listen to that. Yes. Listen to you sing. That's, That's so why they're exciting. here. They're here for you. Everyone's oh, here for you. All I do is show up <laughs> i'm just the pretty voice well you showed, you showed up with the candy and now i'm so full from eating know, those it's not even delicious. halloween it was delicious mm-hmm. so for our 21st this is 21 case congrats mm. we're doing we're doing 20s we're yes we're, we're enjoying it, it we are and we're reviewing satan school for girls and a yes Halloween. It originally aired on September 19th, 1973. Like, welcome kids. Let's welcome back. Welcome the children back to school with a horror movie. Yes. According to Wikipedia, it aired on ABC because the TV Tango is so old. The movie's so old that it didn't make it into TV Tango. Oh, darn it. But it's a little bit shorter than the movies we've seen. So I did look it up. And on the t- on the TV Tango, mm-hmm. there is a, a it was an hour and a half blocked off. Okay, it didn't say like movie or anything, but I know it was that. So okay. I guess at some point TV movies were only an hour and a half. Huh? I thought that was kind of unusual. That is, yeah. Um, New York Times called this movie one of the most memorable made-for-TV horror films of the 1970s. All right, I'll give it that. Yeah, I'm gonna put that in the show notes so you can actually go look at the review. The review that reviewer they said that was. Obviously, later it was like from a few years ago. Yes, but I'm I'm not going to argue. IMDb's description is: a young woman investigating her sister's suicide at a private girls' school finds herself battling a satanic cult. Do do do. I'm not sure that's a very good description. I don't think I think that's she's, terrible. She's not battling. There a should cult. be a cult. Well, so and it, and it should be a young woman investigating her sister's suicide goes to a visit a private girls' school. And finds a satanic cult. Well, that's more accurate. How about my description in the show notes? Let's look. I'll show you. I wrote in the show notes. Oh, I don't have the show notes on me. Dang it. I'll look them up. I'll find it. Okay. I I, um, I guess I deleted that page. We're going to redo it? Yeah. No, no. I I actually just didn't print it up because of... um, I don't know why. Oh. So well, this uh, that's actually a very misleading because yeah, I feel like it's I found like it. it's like it's her sister committed suicide at the school, but right? She didn't. But she didn't. She but did also, didn't. she doesn't know she's battling a satanic cult because she doesn't know there is one until like five minutes before the end of the movie. Exactly. Spoiler alert. So I wrote after her sister Martha dies by suicide, Elizabeth Sears enrolls in her sister's school, the Salem Academy for Women. To uncover the truth about what really happened. There you go. See, thank you very much. Much better. IMDb, TV Tango, if you need someone, if you need a writer. Yep. I'm here. I'm available. More accurate. Good job, Bethy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, I mean, I am getting my MFA, so I should be able to write a simple, well, yeah, summary. Yeah, it's true. Pamela Franklin, who plays Elizabeth, I loved her. She, she has like this beautiful pixie so cut cute. and she's got these gorgeous, big, giant doe eyes. She's beautiful. Mm-hmm. She's sort of Aubrey Hepburn. Yes. Did I say Aubrey? Aubrey Hepburn. Yeah. Yeah. The, no, unknown, also Aubrey. the unknown twin sister, Aubrey Hepburn. 
Actually, she reminded me of, yes, you're right, Audrey Hepburn, but also with the eyes, Twiggy, the model Twiggy. True. I thought she looked, True. had the same sort of. Just adorable. Just just adorable. Absolutely. So she's a British actress who is known for her role in The Innocence, The Nanny, and The Prime of Miss Jean Brody, all of which were very big movies mm -hmm. back in the day. It's true. She won an and she won she won an Emmy. We're, we're just we not are struggling. What's today. happening? It's like I don't know. Afternoon. Rubber baby bumpy. Rubber baby bumpy bunker. <laughs> rubber baby buggy bumper. I said bubby. Oh. I said bubby. <laughs> Had a bad day. Uh, you know who else is in this one, Case? <laughs> who? Kate Jackson. Do, 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 and the most beautiful hair do, you've do, ever seen. She plays Roberta. So for those of you who do, don't know who that is, and you may recognize the uh, theme song, she's best known for her role in Charlie's Angels, but also true. Scarecrow Mrs. King, which That's we true. talked about. I loved, loved Scarecrow Mrs. King. And I never I watched it. loved Bruce Bach. Bra Bra <laughs> Bruce Brox Bleipler. Bruce Boxleitner. <laughs> oh my gosh. This it is a struggle today. We're on we're on the first Maybe page. we should actually have like something to lighten the mood a little bit. Want me to sing? Mm -hmm. No, we need to keep our listeners. We can't afford to lose any of you people. Oh, good. Why'd you say that as I was taking a drink? That would have been funny. Well, I could have asked you a question that you didn't know the answer to. God you damn it. You love that. <laughs> Joe Van Fleet plays the headmistress. Otherwise known as Dragon Lady. It's true. Van Fleet began her career in 1949. She won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. I can't believe that. For East of Eden in 1956. Aww. That was a huge movie when it's it came true. out. My mother loved that movie. She earned her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1960 case. Gosh, Good that's a long her. time ago. She starred in a lot of other movies, including Cool Hand Luke and Gunfight at the OK Corral. Ooh. Guess what, Case? Scary. Two. What? Two murder she wrote connections. Da, 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 Our da. first goes to Lloyd Bachner, who plays Professor Delacroix, it's aka Ratman. Yes. <laughs> he was in three episodes. And our second one is Roy. How do we decide? Thinnis? Uh, Tienis? Tennis? Tynes, maybe? Tynes? Oh, maybe Tynes. I like Tynes. We're yeah. going with Tynes. We're Roy with Tynes played Dr. Clampett. Who is also in three episodes of Mur Murder She Wrote? He has a good face, so I can see why people would want mm -hmm. him on TV. He's a very attractive man. He's a very attractive man. He's a man. handsome man. He's a handsome man. With his tight pants on. He's got his tight, tight pants, pants on. He's got his tight pants on. <laughs> All right. So we have spiraled in our I, I know. I would like to reiterate to our listeners that neither of us has been any done any drinking today because no. we really don't drink anymore. We don't. We it, did have candy though. I think, I think the candy is good. It was the maple. Oh, not goodies. Maybe it's turning into something in where we're processing it as like the alcohol or the, mar the marijuana. Wait, the weed, the grass. Grass. The grass. Jeez, must... Beth, get on the train. Marijuana is grass. Okay. Well, I'm ready to start the movie. Are you? Sure we? I, I've been ready. <laughs> All right. Oh, wait. Before you start, I do want to say, I thought this movie was really well casted. Oh, yeah. Everybody does a really good job. Yeah. The writing. Yeah. <laughs> And I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I did too. Hundred percent. Even when we watched it again, yep. a lot of times by the time I get to viewing five and six, I'm yeah. like, oh no, I know. I but know. I was not. But nope. then again, I was really looking forward to seeing you because I haven't seen you in like two weeks. So. Yes, it's true. Ditto, girl. You know it's true. Ooh, 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 <laughs> I love you. I can't wait to get my new hip because I'm, I'm going to master that dance move, the yeah, Millie Vanilla. <laughs> You watch me. And then you're going to ask your daughter for help with some footloose dancing? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Gotta get everybody cut, everybody cut, everybody cut, everybody cut. All right. I feel like we should cut, we should cut but we're not. We're going to no, keep going. We're going to keep on going. How does the movie open? I'm going to tell you this. All right. It opens with a view of mountains. <laughs> and we've got a woman speeding down the road in oh, a yeah. car. Yep. Our favorite TV trope. She repeatedly looks in her rearview mirror only to see nothing. Nothing. Um, she's got tires squealing as she's hitting the curbs. She comes to a payphone next to a closed gas station. She gets should we, out. Should we talk about for the listeners who are might be younger and don't what understand what a payphone is? What? No, we've already done the payphone. But I was thinking this gas station is not a quick trip. No, it is a concrete 
tiny building with yep. an attendant and two pumps. Yep. Like, I don't even know if you could buy soda in this thing. Yeah. And it, it really was like abandoned. So there wasn't yeah. an attendant yeah. until, um, all right. So she gets out and she calls the operator and she makes a collect call to Elizabeth Sayers in Los Angeles. Uh, she identifies herself as Martha Sayers and asks the operator to hurry. That's we've we've covered this enough that we don't need to explain like how to make a collect call. Exactly, right? okay. I believe in just our last episode I we think did. So. As a matter of fact, I know, I think yeah. so. And I, she asks the operator to hurry and then lights a cigarette with shaking hands. Yeah, um, used to be able to smoke on TV. Yes, it's true. She gets upset with the operator when Elizabeth doesn't answer, and she says something like, "She promised she would be there." <laughs> okay. Then Martha looks I think horrified. She said it just like that. <laughs> she looks so horrified and she drops the phone, drops the receiver. Um, and then we cut to this creepy man standing in front of the closed gas station. He um and he's of course starts to slowly walk toward her. It's kind of scary. He's very scruffy. He's like, he's I he almost looks like an old bum clown. Yes. Like, because he's got a patch on his jeans, well, on his pants. I'm going to say, Case, I'm going to go on a limb here and say that they may have, like, gone to old clown costumes. Yes. Hey, Bob, we need a homeless guy's clothes. Well, what? We'll... What? what? They only have the clown costume. Uh, what does it look like? It's got a patch. Well, what? Okay, we'll take that. <laughs> That's how that works. It's true. It's true. And well, you know it's true. <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> so he's um so he's pretty scary looking. And so he starts slowly walking See toward the Martha. Man? What? The boogity man? Yes. <laughs> it was so Martha runs back to her car and drives off, and the man just picks up the cigarette she lit because she dropped her cigarette on her way to her car and starts smoking it. And that's the last we see of him. Yeah. So we think he might have been a red herring. Yeah, he might have been a red herring. I think my favorite I part say about that. I say that with, <laughs> yeah, he might have been he a red herring. He was a red yeah. herring. Yeah. My favorite part of the whole movie is when he picks up that <laughs> cigarette and starts smoking it. <laughs> He's like, oh, still lit. There yeah. we go. Looks perfect. <laughs> so Martha drives to um Elizabeth's home and calls out to her knocking frantically. Oh, we talk talk about this house. This house is oh. Amazing. Oh. It is not just a home. No. It, it it is a showpiece. Yes. And it is um it is uh shall I say set in the side of a mountain on a um an enormous gorge overlooking um water. We don't it's, know if it's yeah, to be yeah. a river or some sort of freshwater lake. You can't uh, tell. definitely not the ocean because no. there are pine trees around it. No, and you can see there's houses across yep. in mm -hmm. in into the mountain. Yep. Yep. Um I don't know why pine trees mean no ocean, but whatever. Anyway, no, I meant like the, the there's a mountain there so it can't yeah. be the ocean. Yeah, thank you. Um and uh it's the doors are probably six feet by 12 feet at least and they're the kind with like the handle in the middle of it that like and it's like a knocker instead of like a knob it's it's they probably weighed ten thousand pounds like yeah. it was this it's this this absolutely amazing it has a balcony that goes along the side and then in Ugh. front of it so that you can overlook the water and then when she gets inside do I even have to have a conversation with you about the two and a half inch plush shag carpet? It's gorgeous. And it's orange. I know. It's so, so I was, I, you and I talked about this early. I'll say this very quickly. I was trying to figure out where this house was and I was doing research because I found the house in this house possessed. Right. This house is probably only second to that house. And I think this house possessed is the most magnificent house I've ever seen on camera. Yes. On any show in any, any form. Agreed. This is second to me. Yes. This house was so beautiful. So I, I met somebody from LA last week and I was asking him if he knew where that could be because it says they're in LA. Yeah. And he's like, no, he's like, I don't know of any place like that. And he's been there like it a reminds long time. me. It it actually reminds me of something I think that you would see more in the Pacific Northwest. Yes. Like Oregon. And I wonder if it was. Yeah. And they're just saying LA because he said he didn't know of any place like that. It could have been a man-made lake kind of thing. But, but she went from a mountain. Like, she went from like deserted highway to her sister's house. Yeah. Like that. And it's, it's supposed to be. So I wonder, if, I wonder, 
So, yeah, so he said it, it might have probably been a soundstage. Well, ours but it's is not hard to question to, I know, why. but it's hard to imagine that's not a real house. I, I just want to imagine that that's a real house that still stands today. Yes, because I would so want beautiful. to visit it. Yes. yes. All right, so Martha gets to Elizabeth's home, calls out, is knocking frantically, peeks inside. Um, then this man, old man, walks up and scares her saying she ain't home. Um, he's holding a Sith in his hand. Oh, my God. And he has a um, a trimmers, a garden trimmers in his back pocket, both of which are long, sharp tools. Yes. So, of course, he scared her. Yes. Um, then he says that uh, Elizabeth went to the store. Are you her sister? Here's a key to her house. So then. Um, yeah, I'm the welcoming committee. Yeah. So then, and he, and he just is creepy looking and does yes. not change his expression. No. Which is dour the whole time. Yes. So um, uh, she lets herself in, frantically locks the door behind her, um, goes to the window and closes the curtains that the that exists. Some of the windows have no curtains on them. Um, and then, so now she's standing having just closed all the curtains, she's standing in front of the window without curtains. Oh, so beautiful. Staring at the lake. It's gorgeous. Um, and then she turns around and starts saying no, uh, please no, and screaming and um, cut to the police arriving. Martha was very good at screaming. She was very good at yeah. screaming. Um, so the police arrive and John is, the um, so this neighbor guy with the Sith is escorting the police to the house as Elizabeth arrives home. John tells Elizabeth that her sister, quote, went crazy and screamed and locked the door. I think one clever thing about the way this was written is that they start out by trying to make you figure out what's going on by these kind of scary dudes. Yes. Agreed. I think that was a good. It was, was a better. good. It was. Yes. Because it kept you going. Oh, not. OK. That's not. OK. Yeah, if that's you not. haven't seen it before. I mean, obviously, you know, there's Satan and girl school. Yeah. But you don't really know what's happening. No, because I definitely thought that the John guy was so. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that the guy at the beginning was going to come back around at the end. I did as well. And he didn't. No. Nope. Spoiler alert. Spoiler, people. Um, so Elizabeth unlocks the door, um, but the but Martha had put that little chain on the door, and that <laughs> prevents them from entering. So rather than this is your favorite thing, right? Um, my well, one of two favorite things because I liked the fire suit thing. Oh yeah, on. yeah. Um, again, we just keep giving away the. It's the story. Well, it's good. We're going to come out with it. There's anyway. shocker. There's fire in Satan's school for girls. <laughs> um, so rather than like kick in or just even shove your shoulder into it a little bit harder, because it's just that cheapo chain. Yeah. The police officer. Or take a chain cutter. Yeah. Which uh -huh. they probably have in the car. Please car. Well, John has something in his back pocket that I think <laughs> would cut it. <laughs> Let's not forget the Is man that a has tools. In your pocket or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll be here all week. Don't forget to tip your weight. Yeah. So, so the um, the police officer pulls out his gun. <laughs> it's such a clown. Don't even get me started on that. And he shoots the chain. Bang! 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 And the door opens. And they find Martha. And Elizabeth isn't like, don't shoot the fucking door. You're yes. hit something in my house. Or my sister. Or the window. That entire house is windows. Yep. But my sister is hanging from the ceiling. Oh, my God. That was so sad. Poor Cut Martha. to the next scene. We're done with Martha. And She's done. scene. In the next scene, Elizabeth is trying to argue to the lieutenant that Martha did not commit suicide. But the lieutenant doesn't want to go against the coroner's findings. So we find out. That um, uh, Martha came from Massachusetts prior, just prior to going to Elizabeth's home. We also find out that both of their parents have passed on. So Elizabeth and Martha were sent to different schools purposefully. She said yeah, that. She said that, but they didn't Different say schools where. purposefully hundreds of miles away from one another. Yes. Because that's what you would do to teenagers when their parents die suddenly. Um, so Elizabeth said that Martha was lonely, yeah, figure that, but not suicidal. The Lieutenant explains that they talked to her classmates, her roommate and the headmaster at her school, and nobody would give them any information. And that's, um, they closed the case. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it makes, I mean, you really case don't closed. have anything else to go away. Little girl, go yeah. away. 
So what does Elizabeth do? She goes away. She flies to Massachusetts. She's a smart girl. So she can speak with Martha's roommate, Lucy. So Elizabeth and Lucy are hanging out, ha having a beer wine. But she kept trying to give her sherry, remember? Her yeah. Wine. She's like, do you want the sherry? Drink it. So I thought maybe something was going to happen there because she said it enough yeah. that it seemed weird. There's all this weird foreshadowy stuff that, that is like, that they're all red anything. herrings. Yeah. yeah. So um, Lucy tells Elizabeth that there wasn't anything wrong with Martha, except that she was anxious about graduation. Elizabeth says that she is going to the school, which upsets Lucy. Um, Lucy says that Elizabeth won't find anything there. And she begs her not to tell anyone at the school that she met with Lucy. Now that foreshadowing makes sense. Yes. All right. So next we've got Elizabeth driving to Salem, Acad Salem Academy for Women's Sprawling Campus. Roberta Lockhart, Jody Keller, and Debbie Jones approach her on arrival yeah. and tell Elizabeth they're the welcoming committee. Welcome to Satan's School for Girls. You know, it's so nice that they don't have a Sith in their hand like the last welcoming committee I that we know. met in this movie. I know. Elizabeth introduces herself they as can, Elizabeth Morgan. They can cut you down with their tongues. Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> ba -dum -ba -dum. I am on fire today. Let's listen. Let's listen. Let's listen to the break, combo. Buffy. I'm Roberta Lockhart. We're the welcoming committee from your class. Now, the dragon lady had us memorize a short welcoming speech. I'm afraid it'll make you throw up. I'm Elizabeth Morgan. We know. Um, we've been expecting it. This is Debbie Jones. Hi. And that's Jody Keller. Hi. Hi. Uh, Jody, why don't you get the bag? Okay. The dragon lady wanted us to uh, show you around. <laughs> to see that you were fed, housed, settled made you feel like one of us within 15 minutes of your arrival. How are we doing? I've been at home already. That's good. The dragon lady Does said... the lady have another name? Headmistress. She is a bad painter, a worse sculptress, and a lousy musician. <laughs> She's a perfect headmistress for an academy of fine arts. <laughs> it was crooked. <laughs> and we're back. I had to start again because I couldn't think of the words. The word, words are hard, Case. And they're written right in front of they're you. They're right in front of me. And I wrote them. I know. <laughs> and yet I still was not Struggle able. is real, people. The struggle is real, especially mm -hmm. in my head. You said, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And I responded with, it would take too long to go through that. It's right true. It's true. It true. But mm -hmm. you already know the answer to that. Yep, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. You put up with me all no these judgment. years. You're stuck with me now, sister. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth, I love that name. It's such a great name. I think it's, it's my favorite name. Mm. She meets with the headmistress, Ooh. also known as Dragon Lady. That's true. And I think we'll probably refer to her as Dragon Lady for most of the way through. Okay. Because I like it. Okay. Who gives her a lamp and tells her, who gives her a Victorian lamp filled with kerosene. We got to explain this lamp. Yeah, tell the lamp. Because it's talk, so talk fucking about, yeah, ridiculous. Let's, talk, let's okay. talk lamp. Sorry, Mom. I had to say that. She dropped an F-bomb. Did you <clears> drop it for me? I don't think I've dropped one yet. Mm, I think I did beat you this time. Uh -huh. So this is the hurricane lamps, the traditional hurricane lamp. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> it's really big. <laughs> and it holds like a quart of kerosene in it. And she's walking around. These are heavy. Ladies and gentlemen, they're, very, they're like awkward, leaded, leaded glass. Yep. So they're heavy. It's kerosene. It's a lighted flame. You're basically walking around with a torch. It's this that could yes. start something. No, you'd fire. probably be safer with a torch because the fire would be all, all up there, up your yeah. and you wouldn't have a flammable source in your hand. In those, and she's in a wearing breakable a glass, fucking pajamas that are gonna start on fire like a motherfucker if they like the, and melt like the ones from the 70s that yes. just went whoop, that's exactly what that was yeah and they didn't use flame retardant not like at they all do today mm -mm. they they do today but back in the day when you bought yourself some cotton pajamas it they was weren't those weren't cotton though they were like acrylic that the label on them said 100 <laughs> percent acrylic <laughs> dun, 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 dun. He had a slightly goat-like smell, which all teenage boys possess. And we can say that with experience. <laughs> that is Marin Cadell. If you do not know who Marin Cadell is, check it out Marin Cadell. I should I'll put it in the show notes. Maybe okay. there's some some good stuff. Mm -hmm. We love Marin Cadell. Angel food for thought. Angel food for thought. 
Okay, so you're back at the, the headmistress oh, yeah. meeting Elizabeth are, are and gives her done? a lamp. Are we're we, done. Are I'm we done. done with the lamp? Okay. So then, then she tells Elizabeth that she has to start classes immediately because she started after the quarter began. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, we're let's get already. it on, sister. After she leaves, the headmistress gets a call that upsets her, and she's like, the new girl just arrived, and then the caller hangs up on her. Yep. Mm -hmm. In the next scene, Elizabeth is in a class taught by Dr. Clampett. Not Judd. Not Judd. Nope. More, he's more Dr. Dreamy than Judd Clampett. Mm. Clampett. 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 He, he is lecturing on optical illusions in artwork. Ooh. And I guess mm -hmm. if you would want to call that artwork. Mm -hmm. When they're looking at classmates' art, Debbie shows a painting of a frightened looking girl and it looks strikingly like Martha. Mm -hmm. The professor gives this really stupid, boring speech about everything being illusion and reality. Oh, yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, blah, blah. Stupid. After class, Elizabeth speaks with Debbie and she tells her she likes her painting. And Debbie tells Elizabeth it was Martha, not knowing that Elizabeth is Martha's sister. It's true. So Debbie tells Elizabeth that they weren't close. Okay. Which I think is a lie, but we don't know. We don't know. In their next class, Professor Delacroix is discussing an experiment they're doing on rats. Even after five viewings, I have no fucking idea what this is they're doing. They're they're watching rats in a maze. There's one wall looks like it's blood dripping down. But then in the next like wall of this little maze, and I've watched it yeah. plenty of times to From see. From that angle, like, it does it's look like, like okay, what's going on with that? But then for the rest of the time, it's like, oh, it's just like a red door. Yeah. Like, were they trying to make it look spooky in that one? Like, ooh. I don't, yeah. I don't know because they're, they're like talking about these rats being in, incredibly angry and intimidating and fighting, but they weren't doing any of those things in the scene. No, but, but also the experiment was like, what can we do to piss off the rats? Yeah. Why would you do that? It's so weird. I would not engage in that because quite frankly, I think that's I cruel. I think it's wrong. Yeah. Yep. So then he's lecturing the students on rat behavior and what it takes to train them. And he says something kind of cruel to Debbie. And then after class, like she's out in the hallway with her friends and they're like asking her, is she okay or whatever? And she completely freaks out and starts screaming. Yep. And then drops to the ground. Yep. So next they're in the her in Debbie's dorm room and Roberta is tending to her and Elizabeth is there. And we learn that Debbie has no family and only a guardian in Europe, which is weird because she wouldn't have a guardian if she's this this is the problem I had with this movie. You know, I've talked about this. It's called Satan's School for Girls. It looks like it's supposed to be a high school or yep. some kind of private boarding school. Yep. But these are adults. Well, clearly, if if Elizabeth owns her own amazing home. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Exactly. So why would they why would she have a guardian if she's it's over 18? So bizarre because like you're you're sort of set up to think that this is a high school. Yes. But then there are actually things, it's not just that the act the actors clearly are not teenagers yes but also things are happening in the movie that they're you, not teenagers. they're not teenagers no. they're adults like elizabeth owns this fucking gorgeous mountainside lake home yeah and the wine party and the wine party which we're going to talk about next yeah so it's so i'm wondering case if it was like censors made them change it or what the deal is it's weird because the wine party wouldn't not make sense if this if there were seniors in a boarding school would I looked it up? The drinking age was 18 in 1973 in Salem. Okay, because <laughs> that's how nerdy I am. Yes, I had to look because I was seriously trying to figure out. So, I guess it's a good time to say this too in the United States. For those of you who are outside the United States or don't know this, what secondary education is called college or university. If it's called an academy, it typically means it's a military government-run academy. Like, they're they're all over the United States, but they're usually for the Army or the Navy, Air mm -hmm. Force, Marines, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So I was like, are there actually academies that are colleges and or universities? And there are a few art institutes that call themselves academies. So that's, and they do refer to this as an art institute at some point. Yeah. So it, I think it is supposed to be a college or university, but it's not run like one. No. It's super weird. And Debbie wouldn't need a guardian. So nope. having said that, that was one of the things, that's one of the um, criticism I have about this movie. Okay. 
So then Debbie wakes up and she's like, fine. She's like, dude, let's like smoke some grass and have a party. Yeah. She doesn't say that, but you know, she wants to. Oh, well, who doesn't? Right. Debbie says she doesn't remember anything. And then she goes to wash her face so that she's not late for Dr. Clampett's wine party. Well, duh. Yeah. Jet's having a wine party. It's true. It's a very lively party. I mean, I, I kind of wanted to be there. Yeah. I mean, everybody at this party is like talking and drinking and laughing. It's a great time. But they're not drinking wine. No, they're drinking no. what is clearly beer out of what look like those beer glasses from the seventies. Yes. My mom and dad had my them. parents are heavy lead, the, and and it's like a it's like a goblet. Yes, of a some beer sort. goblet. It's a beer goblet. Yeah, that's the only way and, to say. it. And for beer, like when you drink out of a beer goblet, they're heavier. Yeah, they're just way heavier on top than a wine glass is. yes and it's just weird i'm like oh look at the head on that glass of wine mm, yep. yummy and all the glasses of wine and all of and them the amber coloring yes yeah. that's right it looked i mean i think it really was beer yeah so elizabeth and roberta are asking dr clampett to speak with dr delacroix let's take a break and listen but you can't just dismiss it. We saw it happen. I'm not just dismissing it. I just hate to feed something like this on such flimsy evidence. Look, we're not asking you to judge Professor Delacroix. Just talk to him about his class. About why he's so hard on Debbie. Then you draw your own conclusions. What if I draw none? Then we'll have to drop it. Unless... Unless what? Unless something else happens. Well, let's just wait and see if something else happens. If it ever does. Where's Jody? She promised to come. Still doing office duty for the dragon. You and me, let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that can be. That's not Billy Vanilli, is it? No, but I don't remember who it is. Is that Bobby Brown? No, I don't think so. Why do you always <laughs> fucking ask me? It's on the time. <laughs> as soon as I said it, I heard myself. I don't understand. <laughs> Why? You know what? I'm just like, you know, Case, remember that one time on the TV show Family and it aired in the second season? And who was that guest star? Like, I asked that as if you really are going to know the answer to that. It's Salt and Peppa. Oh, Salt and Peppa. There you go. I like Salt and Peppa. We're going to go back to this movie. Okay, let's do it, girl. Because we are now. Girl. We are no longer true. at the wine party. No, we're not. Now everybody has a hangover. I'm at the wine party wearing tight pants. Got All right. Pants on. In the next scene, now we've got Jody working for the headmistress, the dragon lady. Yeah. Um, the dragon lady asks Jody if there have been any unusual outbursts by teachers or classmates, except for Debbie. And Jody says no. Then the phone rings, and it's the Boston police. It's the Popo case. The Popo. The Popo. Uh, Jody bursts into the wine party and announces that Lucy committed suicide. And it's so funny because all she does is open the door and everybody stops to turn around. Yep. It wasn't like she like went in and screamed. She mm -hmm. just opened the door. Yep. It was funny. Yep. So it's night and very windy outside the Salem Academy for Women. Lightning strikes nearby several times. Elizabeth is in her room and, of course, unable to sleep. So That, she, that dorm room, phenomenal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she gets out of bed, but there's no electricity. So you know what she does? <laughs> she gets her favorite lamp. She gets her favorite oil lamp, hurricane style. A 400-pound lamp. Yep. She lights it. Um, <clears throat> and then she walks to Debbie's room. Debbie then tells Elizabeth um, what she knows about Martha's suicide. Um and Elizabeth asks Debbie why Martha looks so scared in the painting and asks where the room was. I want to ask a question. Did yeah. I say Debbie tells Elizabeth what she knows about Martha's suicide? Wasn't it Elizabeth telling Debbie about Martha's suicide? No, no? Elizabeth wants to know what Debbie knows so that Elizabeth uh, can find okay. out what... Thank Whether you. Debbie was involved or who, who it's not like I haven't watched the movie 50 million times yeah, already. I think Elizabeth thinks that Elizabeth knows. Oh, because Elizabeth doesn't want to give away that she is Elizabeth. Sister. Yes. Yeah. But she okay. also wants to see if it was murder or really suicide. So All that's right. why she goes to Debbie. All right. So now Debbie, um, so then Elizabeth, you know, says, Hey, and also why'd you paint that picture of her? She looks so scared. Um, and Debbie says, um, it's like a room she saw a long time ago. 
but that it's probably in the building. So uh, uh, uh. Elizabeth leaves and goes outside into the storm with her lamp. And it is well, it's a hurricane lamp, duh. But up, bum. She Ooh, enters. You go, girl. Don't so, be funnier than me, Casey. Don't make me jealous. She oh, enters the Joe. building so with the jealous. classrooms. And she goes and takes Debbie's painting of Martha because, you know, <laughs> a dark and stormy night, but um bum is a good time. The painting, she's not wet. The painting's no. not wet. The lamp mm. doesn't get wet. And carrying a painting and a <laughs> kerosene lamp. That kerosene lamp wind. probably weighs more than In Elizabeth. A hurricane style. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Can you so imagine she's that? got this painting. <laughs> that painting would be flying and you should be I like, know. She could be it like, would have been gone. What? So she's going like this. She could have been flying like a right. bird. To go up to the up to the trees. Yep. But so now can I tell you a funny thing I said? Yes. This is totally. I'm sorry to cut in. Nope. I'm marking where I was. Mike. So Mike went hunting this weekend, and yes. he's he's hunting for pigeon. No, partridge. he's hunting for partridge, and I asked him. Not Danny. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Oh, I got to think about how I'm going to do that one. I asked him. If he had to shoot them out of a pear tree. <laughs> and then I you laughed lame. and laughed oh and laughed. And he, and he just did this. Mm-hmm. No, Beth. No. He was not la, 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 a little bit All right. So it is dark, but it's it appears that Elizabeth has enough. entered a basement. And she's trying to find the room that the painting is set in. So she's wandering around in this place in the dark with a painting in her hand. And it's, and hard. it's like a two foot by three foot painting. And it's, it's not. Yes. But it's also hard to see like what she's doing because yes. it's so dark. Like the room is not well lit. Like no. they didn't try and light it to make it look like it's nighttime. They It's dark. So she's going around in this dark room in a basement or cellar or whatever kind of place she is with a painting in one hand <laughs> and a hurricane lamp in another hand. She seems to have found some kind of sub basement or cellar. Suddenly she sees a hand that looks like it's holding a knife or a weapon. She runs out with her spoils still in her hands. Leave. Oh, leaving the painting. <laughs> she drops them and runs. <laughs> leaving them behind this time. I was thinking about the scene where she was walking outside with the boat. There's so many confusing I know, scenes. It's so confusing. And I should just follow the script that you wrote, and then maybe I wouldn't be making so many goddamn mistakes. Well, and thank goodness there's no flashbacks in this one, or we'd be really fucked. It'd be so lost. I would be like, Don, we're out. I'm not even writing this. <laughs> I've one. already taken my glasses off. <laughs> I'm done. Okay. So um, so after she is gone, so she sees a hand holding something. Drops the painting, set, carefully sets down the lamp, <laughs> and uh, runs out. And she then we see Professor Delacroix. Was, he, was he in Dela, the library with a knife? Delacroix. He might have been. He we was don't in the know. study. Some kind of weapon. With a candle holder? He was in the sub-basement or cellar with a weapon. I don't think... I don't think that was in the game, though. Uh, well, we're going to have to add it. Yeah. So Elizabeth runs back to Debbie's room. Debbie, Debbie, Debbie! Debbie, 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 I found the room in the painting. You and should have been in this movie. You're so good at being. <laughs> Debbie is so upset. Been Elizabeth. She's, she's, um, and Debbie's like, <laughs> no, I've never seen a room like that. And Get out. out. Get out. Oh my God. This is so confusing. It's so confusing. Now, it's all right. so dark. You can't even see who the fuck is talking. So in the hallway, oh. Roberta and Jody come out. To talk about the room. We need to take a break. This episode has completely gone off the rails. (laughs) Happy Halloween, people. Listen to what they have to say about the goddamn room in the basement. (laughs) Sub-basement. What's going on? I told her that I'd found the room in her painting. It's in the cellar of this building. So? Well, she's terrified of something in the painting. Or something she thinks is in that painting. Look, Elizabeth, she's a very emotional girl. You saw that. And there's some creepy legend about a bunch of people who were killed in a cellar around here a long time ago. How is it supposed to have happened? 
Well, they say during the Salem witch trials there were eight young women who were accused of witchcraft and hung in one of the cellars. Yeah, but look, all these old houses have cellars. It could have been any one of them. I'm going to bed. It's a good idea for all of us. Roberta, there was someone in that room tonight. I saw him. God's sake, don't tell Tammy. We just really need to not stop recording. <laughs> that was really funny. That was. She she wants to call him De La Croix, and De then La she Croix. started singing De La Croix De to La Dale. Croix, and I want to go home. <laughs> you say Danny, you say Danny, you say Danny, you say Danny, you say De La This, I want to apologize. No, I don't want to apologize. So I think Hope this you're episode is going to be silly and fun. It's bananas. <gasps> you can never have too many bananas. We are out of control. Yeah. There was a there it's was hooliganism and shenanigans. I was just, running amok. I was about to ask you a question, but I didn't because I know you're not going to know the answer. But I feel like there was a band that had but the name Banana in it from like the Banana Rama. No, 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 no. But I love Banana Rama. But I'm talking about remember those kids shows that the people, oh yeah there was the banana splits one banana, the banana two banana splits. three banana four thank you four bananas she make a bunch finally so knew an answer to my question over hill and highway the banana buggy goes coming on to bring you the banana split show tra la 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 tra la 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 i think i'm gonna look some of that up tonight and watch it <laughs> i think that clearly everybody involved in the marty croft and whatever sydney whatever yeah they were all on drugs yep and There's thank no god for them wait i know they were so entertaining it was speaking of entertaining we should probably finish our podcast probably right? <laughs> <laughs> i think started like three hours ago recording well we yeah. came in here and i think it was another hour before, before we, we did anything <laughs> just sat around I haven't here seen you in two weeks. around I haven't seen you in two weeks girl pulling around long enough stupid bookstore is still closed we can't see each other all i mean the time. it's not a stupid bookstore but it's stupid closed it's stupid closed it's my favorite bookstore all right all right in the next scene yes professor delacroix there you go is lecturing about psychotic behavior in rats oh boy i i dropped that class we find out their experiment on the rats is making them act terrified. Mm -hmm. Then he asks Roberta why the rats are terrified. Mm -hmm. And Roberta says they look more mad than terrified. And I say, is there, can you tell? Yeah. Is there little faces? Is there a rating scale for rat, for rat feelings? You look mad. Why are you mad? Why I'm not mad. mad. I'm terrified. Rat number one. Why are you terrified? Aww. He says their terror motivates their anger. And that is the, the same is true of human beings. Oh, boy. It's true. Then he says something about killing out of terror and it's really boring and I stopped listening. Mm -hmm. I think every single time I've watched this movie, which is at least five, I have completely shut out what Clampett and Delacroix De have to say in their lectures. Yeah, because it's so just dumb. boring. It's just dumb. They yawn fast, people. It's just dumb. He asked what, Eliz what Elizabeth's learned so far. And Elizabeth says, asks if he wants them to recognize the terror element or the motivation to violence he asked jody and she says she's more lost than the rodents are and i say yeah jody yeah, yeah girl yeah girl yeah girl he asked if debbie is taking the experiment as lightly as they do i mean he's kind of a dick to debbie pretty much kind it's, of a dick to the rats too yeah he's kind of a dick altogether yep jody elizabeth and roberta agree to talk to the dragon lady about professor de la croix after class they're in the hallway talking it's true. Elizabeth asked Roberta what he meant about Debbie, and Elizabeth says it was Professor Delacroix, who was who was who he she saw in the basement, and it reminded her of the rat experiment he was doing. As the clock chimes midnight, I counted. By the way, I counted chimes. Oh, it's midnight. Wow. Debbie is leaving her dorm. Well, I mean, by this third time, I figured I should probably find out what time it is. It's true. Um. So. Debbie is leaving her dorm room at midnight and then she starts laughing like she's lost her mind and runs. Mm -hmm. I do that a lot at midnight. I do. That too. happens to me. All well, no, I'm never awake at midnight anymore. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years ago, maybe. Yeah, I did maybe, that at maybe, midnight, maybe but... during the pandemic. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of cocktail parties at our house. Mm -hmm. Just me and the hubs. <laughs> Roberta and Elizabeth leave as well to check out the basement. They hear a door close and then they go to the basement. Like they hear this door and if you and me were like, you know, Hardy Boys and that shit up, I and I heard a door close, that would be the end. We're at IHOP having pancakes. Yep. Fuck that. Yep. They turn the lights on and 
at the door, Roberta says she never saw a door like that before. So that's like where this weird sub-basement was. Exactly. And Elizabeth explains that they made them like this hundreds of years ago. Okay. Clearly, they're trying to make connection to the Salem witch trials or whatever. Uh -huh. Inside, there's no electricity. We know that because they try. Click, click. Yep. Roberta pans around the room with her flashlight. Oh, they found a fucking flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out Roberta was holding out all the time. And then they kind of, it's dark, so they kind of flash around, and then we see Debbie, who's dead on the ground. Yep. And there's something tied around her neck. It's a real quick, it's a glance. You can't really see much. Yep. Elizabeth and Roberta are at Dragon Lady's house and inform her that Robert, that Debbie is dead. They kind of just say, hey, just want to yeah. let you know. Yeah, they're, co dead. they're completely unaffected. Yep. Yeah, you're the one that pointed that out. I guess I didn't even yep. notice that. Mm -hmm. You're like, Beth, they're not like upset that their friend nope, is dead. They're just sort of like, you know, stating a fact. Yeah. To the dragon lady. Exactly. And then Roberta says it looks like suicide. So the dragon lady, well, she picks up the phone and says she's going to call the sheriff. But then we see her put her finger on the button to yep. hang up. It's true. So she's not actually talking to anybody because back then you had the rotary phones with the handle and then the base and then the button to hang up. So you either use the handle to hang up or you could do it with your finger. But they don't see her do that. So after she's done, she's like, I'm going to go ask Dr. Clampett to lock the cellar door and wait for the sheriff. Yeah. She tells the girls not to say anything so there's no panic in the middle of the night. And then she leaves. She's out of there. Yeah, she's like, I'm out. You know, because if People are dying on your campus. You want to be wandering around alone. Seems like a good plan. Why didn't she just call Dr. Clampett? And also, does Dr. Clampett live on campus? Because that's not weird. No. I don't no. know. Elizabeth asked for... I guess there is sometimes professor housing on those kinds of Sometimes campuses. in movies, the professors live, you know, because it's all... It's all together. It's all one fiction. Dirty, messy. Yeah. Well, Dr. Clampett seems like he has a lot of parties that might just be at his house mm -hmm. with girls. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth asks Roberta if she thinks all three girls from the same school committed suicide. Elizabeth says the girls were murdered or driven to kill themselves. Roberta asks if she means the rats in the maze. And Elizabeth asks Roberta what she knows about Professor Delacroix. Roberta says not much, but that his personnel file is in the filing cabinet, so they decide to check it out. Let's check it let's, out. Let's just go through personal files because, you know, that's not mm -hmm. anything we shouldn't be doing. Exactly. Of course, back then, remember, you had an actual cabinet with actual paper in files, and you had to open them, and then you had to, like, dig through them all. Yep. And hopefully they were alphabetized. I would have... I would... I would have... I worked in a doctor's office, and I had to alphabetize files. I loved it. I, I bet. I found it very nice, satisfying. Yes, nice and orderly. Yes. So um, they decided to check it out. Roberta looks in the filing cabinet, but it's not there. And Elizabeth said they should look for Lucy and Martha's files, which are also missing. Uh -oh. And then when they look for Debbie's, it's also gone. Wait, she was just killed. I know. That's exactly what Elizabeth said. Yes. They don't really linger on that idea because they need to go check out the Dr. Delacroix slab okay roberta agrees but she says she's leaving in the morning i'm out of here i'm i would have left that minute we out of here we out of here. here elizabeth says all three girls parents are dead and roberta says hers are as well this is another thing casey that leads me to believe it was meant to be high schoolers because yeah, because these are all people without parents without parents but if you're an adult not that it's not important it's just less important when you are not somebody's when you need a guardian yeah there wouldn't be conversations about guardians no when, there would not an be adult. exactly so they go to the lab they find the files and then they find the rats are dead Aww. and guess who shows up professor della qua yes he has a gun he's he like does. waving it around in case he's got something to say to the girls he does let's he does. find out i think we should hear we it should straight from the source dr de la qua They were slaughtered. They were slaughtered. I know why you came here, and I know who sent you. It won't stop me. It won't silence me. It killed them the way it wants to kill me. Who, who killed them? 
It wasn't a person. You know it wasn't a person. Not me. I won't give in, not ever! I'm taking a sip of my liqueur. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about when um, my friend from college, Adam, worked in the um, the little shop that was in the dorms at UWM? No, well, but I want to hear a it. Story. Yeah, I do want to hear it. Of so it was like ballerina weekend during the summer. Okay, and they all these ballerinas were staying in the in the dorms. Now remember, it was like 1987, probably, and. Um, and a ballerina comes in and says to little Adam behind the counter, um, could, do you have La Croix? And he said, you mean La Croix? And she's like, no, it's La Croix. It's French. And he's like, it's La Croix. It's from La Crosse. And also you're in Wisconsin, lady. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Back to De La Croix. He uh, jumps off. He jumps out the window and runs off. And right. still holding his gun. And so, yep, there we go. Uh, Roberta and Elizabeth run outside. They run into Dr. Clampett, go figure, <laughs> and they tell him what happened. He tells them he, um, he took care of Debbie and is going after De La Croix. He tells them to wait there. So running in the woods, De La Croix falls and Dr. Clampett closes in on him. Dun, dun, dun. Always happens. Don't fall. De La Croix fall. falls into Never a lake. Fall in a horror movie. Don't have sex and don't fall. Yeah. Okay. So this part is really horrifying because yeah. so this, he this falls scene, into this a lake. Was, this scene was truly scary. Very scary. All right. So he he's in the water, and um, Jody is on like a dock, and she extends a pole to him, but instead of helping him with it, she hits him. Oh. And then another girl oh. is there and does the same. And all of a sudden we see several girls with poles. And like, so there, there's her on the dock, but then the other ones are like in boats with poles. They're all around him. him, surrounding him. And they're calmly, they're not talking. They're just pushing him into the water, keeping him from getting out. He's begging them to let him out. Um, the, his pleas fall on death ear, deaf ears, and he presumably drowns as the scene fades out. So that was really creepy. Yeah, that was creepy. That was my, that was my, that was the scariest scene. I yes, I agree. So Roberta and Elizabeth are sitting in front of a fire. Roberta tells Elizabeth that Dr. Clampett fulfills a special need for students. Oh, I parents. bet he does. I'm sure he's got a oh, special need. Oh, I bet he does. Elizabeth asks Roberta if she's in love with him. And she says, maybe, and that it's a special kind of love. Roberta says that um, he gave her a belief in her own power to live and never feel vulnerable again. Elizabeth tells Roberta who she really is and that she never believed it was suicide. Roberta says Dr. Clampett tried to help Martha, but she wouldn't listen to him. Elizabeth believes they're close to finding out what really happened to the girls. Yes. All right. So Dr. Clampett returns telling the girls he couldn't find Delacroix and that he could return um, for Elizabeth and Robert and Elizabeth and Roberta. Oh, they should call her Bobby. I like that. It's a lot of syllables. There's a lot of, lot of, uh, yes, a lot of long names. Roberta tells Dr. Clampett who Elizabeth really is. He tells them to go hide in his classroom so they're safe, telling them not to let anyone in. They go and close and um, the door and the lights go out as they're closing the curtains and blinds. So Elizabeth lights. Are you ready for this? What does she light? She lights a lamp. Do you know? Did you notice light that neither Roberta? Oh, I was thinking light my candle from rent. Oh, would you light my candle? It's like one of my favorite songs. Oh, I do like that one. Did you notice that neither Roberta nor Dr. Clampett are at all surprised when she says that she's Martha's sister? No, there's no surprise. No, no. Um, at Dragon Lady's place, Dr. Clampett tells her that she needs to clear the school. Dragon Lady tells him, no, she won't let him do any more and that it's all over. She begins to cry and begs him not to make her do any more. Mm -hmm. He tells her to do as she's told. And she agrees. Yeah. So up to this point, you're almost thinking she's a villain. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, is she though? Yeah. He tells her to tell everyone that they must leave because of the power outage. and. 
that it's almost over. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. I don't want to know what that means. I'm not sure. The girls are getting into minibuses to leave, and Dr. Clampett says they can't take their own cars. One girl tells him that there are still eight girls on campus. Eight. Yep, I happen to know. I can just tell you, eight girls on campus. Right. And Dr. Clampett says he will transport them with Dragon Lady. So Roberta and Elizabeth think that the cars are police. Um, They run down to see the buses leaving and chase them down, but they can't catch them. So now Elizabeth decides to borrow a car and she opens it. And De La Croix falls out dead. And see. Elizabeth (laughs) runs back to Roberta to tell her what happened. And they decide, I found another dead body. Why do these keep turning up? And they decide to call the police again. They find the dragon lady who's so weird. Yeah, this scene is a little unnerving as well, I think. She's acting as if she's a, a child and seems to have had some sort of a psychotic break. Yeah. And she's telling them that she... Uh, never goes down to the room and that they aren't allowed to use the phone or go down to the room. Um, she's saying, uh, when the headmistress comes back, you're going to be in trouble. I don't want to be in trouble. So obviously, um, she, um, thinks that she is now a student once again at the school. Roberta, however, ignores this, but the phone is out. Oh man. Big shock. Damn it. Elizabeth and Roberta decide to walk to town but uh, want to go to the basement to get a gun and rifles that were seen previously. The dragon lady, still acting like a child, is freaking out that they're going to the basement. Roberta calms her down, and Elizabeth and Roberta leave. Yes. All right. Now, in the basement. Basement. Nobody should go to the basement in a horror movie. Especially not if it's storming out. You've already found one person lurking and one person dead. Stay away. (sighs) I would go hide in a bush till morning. I know. In the basement, they find a gun and ammo. And Roberta uh, puts the bullets in. Uh, They hear a noise and decide to check and see if it's another student. They find six girls with their backs to Elizabeth and Roberta. was creepy. Creepy because then you notice that they're all wearing the same robe. They're all wearing long white robes. So creepy. Um, Dr. Clampett is facing the girls. He smiles at Elizabeth and Roberta. The girls, um, the one, the the girls, the six girls turn around smiling and Jody is one of them. They're wearing similar robe-like dresses with their long hair flowing. Roberta pushes Elizabeth into the room and closes and locks the door behind them. Oh, so <sighs> All right. Dr. Clampett tells Elizabeth they've been waiting for her. The girls hand Roberta a robe. He explains to Elizabeth that he's lost eight girls at the academy All of them unwanted, like Elizabeth. He says he's waited too long, and now he's found eight to take their place. Roberta explains it's no coincidence that they have no families. Elizabeth asks if Roberta, uh, I'm sorry, Elizabeth asks Roberta if she knows who Dr. Clampett is. She tells Elizabeth that he is um, Malleus. Maliforcum. Nice. The hammer of witches. The hammer of witches. But some call him Satan. Dr. Clampett tells Elizabeth that he welcomes what man rejects, that he beckons what man despises, and he forgives what man will not. Thank you. Very, very nice. Elizabeth asks if they believe he's Satan. She looks at the girls like, you believe he's Satan? And they're like, yeah, they're smiling. So Dr. Clampett, or Satan as we can call him now apparently, tells them that tonight they will sacrifice their mortal souls willingly and return with him. Elizabeth calls him crazy. I would not call anybody calling themselves Satan crazy. Yeah. She tries to reach out to the girls, but they just smile. He asks Elizabeth to come with them willingly. Elizabeth begs them to leave. For God's sake. Clampett asks if it's for God's sake or for his sake. Get it? 
and that they've all made their choice. He offers her a robe. She says no and throws her lamp, starting a fire in the room. Because remember, it was like glass, had that kerosene in it, and like that open flame. So Elizabeth runs out of the room. Clampett tells them that they shall meet when he has his eighth. They all continue to silently stand and smile, despite the fire burning behind them. Mm -hmm. Clampett leaves the room and closes the door behind them. Elizabeth finds Dragon Lady. She's still acting like a child. Elizabeth moves her to leave, but takes her lamp and throws it to start yet another fire. All right. Elizabeth drags Dragon Lady out, and she's resisting. Dragon Lady's resisting because she wants to watch the fire. Yeah, it's so creepy. It is, she, and she's like a child. She's acting like a child. I like know. I don't want to leave. I, I don't, don't want to fire. <sighs> Doctor Clampett comes up as if he's going to follow them outside, and then sirens be- begin to wail. Yep. outside. So he retreats back. Yeah. Elizabeth and Dragon Lady arrive. Well, go outside, and the police arrive just as the building is fully engulfed in flames. The officer tells them that the students that left in the minibuses told them about the power danger. But he's like, oh, man, I guess we're too late. So obviously he doesn't think that, you know, Satan's inside the building. Dr. Clampett enters the burning room where he left earlier in the basement and he walks into the flames. This is Casey's favorite part. Oh, my God. If you have ever seen somebody like practicing with a flame retardant suit, they kind of walk with their arms very awkwardly at their side, like a starfish walking. Yes. and they sort of lumber because yes. they have to go from side to side. They're, like they're, the person walking into the flames is not trying to not look like somebody in a flame retardant costume. Yes. They're, they're, and I, I've never walked in one, so I shouldn't say like I know that they could walk. But come on. Yeah, these it's special effects in this movie looking. are are very, very, very. But these are the bad. things that I love about the movies. I know. I just Those are the it. things that should be really good about the movies. It's true. The officer asks them, Elizabeth, if everybody's out, and Elizabeth tells him not everyone. Dragon Lady asks where the girls are because she'll have to notify their families, and Elizabeth says they didn't have any. She asks where Doctor Clampett is, and Elizabeth. The dragon lady asks about Dr. Clampett and Elizabeth responds that he is where he belongs. Then we get a very, very, well, then they show the house and it's the same way as this house possessed. This drove me crazy like the firewalker in your, that drove you crazy. You can literally see the house is basically a cardboard cutout with the windows and you can see fire burning, but it's almost like they're burning fire in like, um, uh, uh, like burn barrels. Yeah, that's what's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, because the fire look is exactly the same. It doesn't move. It doesn't grow. Yeah, the actual building itself is not engulfed. It's just behind. The fire is behind it. Yeah, very very shitty side effect. Uh, special effects. I didn't like that at all. So then we get a very quick glimpse of Doctor Clampett dressed in a suit. He's smoking a cigarette, and then all of a sudden he fades away, and the movie pans down to the ground, and we see just like a big black spot burning on the ground. It's true. Yeah. So then that's the end. The end. That's the movie. That's it. Yeah. So Case, I'm kind of excited about our next episode. I am too. This was this was your suggestion and I think it was a really good one. Yeah. So next time we're going to do something just a tiny bit different. We because it's November, we want to kind of kind of wanted to do a Thanksgiving movie, but they're all fucking depressing. Yeah. I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." So Case suggested we do a very special episode of the 18. Yeah, baby. Woo! So we're doing, uh, I forgot what the, it's season five, episode four, but I can't remember the name of the episode. I think it's called a homecoming or something I think it's, like yeah, that. I think it's a homecoming too. So that's what we're going to do. And I'm super excited because in December, we're also tying that back around and we're going to do a episode a TV movie, a TV movie special that has Mr. T in it. And we have to, we can't have this. We really just can't have a show about the eighties unless we talk about Mr. T. We got to do a little Mr. T. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, he really was a big personality. It's and, true. And he was a big part of the eighties. I pity the fool who forgets about Mr. Fool. T. I pity the fool. He's All been right. doing commercials. So I've seen him around. Yeah. He's still around. He's still around. He's still around. 
So do you have a favorite TV movie from the 70s, 80s, or 90s you'd like us to review? Let us know. We are back on Twitter. Yeah. Find us at TV Movie Club Pod 1. <clears throat> Find us on Facebook at Made for TV Movie Club Podcast. We are on Instagram at Made underscore for underscore TV underscore movie underscore club. Or give the hashtag MFTVMCP podcast <laughs> a goog and you'll find us you can listen to us on all your favorite podcast channels including anchor apple podcasts and google podcasts and we are now on amazon music feel free to give us a five-star review on apple podcasts or facebook and tell your friends about tell us your friends. until next time we'll see you right here in, in the, the clubhouse, clubhouse. The Made for TV Movie Club podcast is brought to you by MFTVM Productions, LLC.